0: Hey, everybody. I'm Jeff Antoniak. Welcome to Digging Deeper Jazz. Well, I want to talk about sight reading. There's been a lot of questions about reading music and sight reading at jazzwire.net. That's really become sort of a big uh, topic of conversation there, and people are really starting to work on it. And I had to do a lot of work on it over the last couple weeks. Um, the deal was—and now, let me tell you this. This is for all instruments. Um, today, we're going to be talking about the rhythmic aspect, to sight reading, so it doesn't matter what instrument you play, including drums. This is for you. I'm going to talk about some conceptual things that will definitely, definitely make your reading better. Now, um, how this sort of came home to me, I, uh, you know, I came up playing in big bands and playing shows and doing a lot of sight reading, like in front of hundreds or thousands of people. Uh, so that that's a skill that I developed but I haven't really been doing a lot of that for the last 20 years, that sort of work in the music industry. I've been doing more playing and improvising and interpreting music. Well, I got a call to play with a great uh, funk band from the UK, a band called Incognito, and they sent me about 90 pages of music. This is a couple weeks ago, and uh, man, there was some serious stuff in there, and uh, so I had to do a lot of you know, reading, and I really had to interpret some of this stuff and internalize it and get it ready to go. So I'm going to show you some of that music, you know, coming up in just a little bit. But it really got me back to fine-tuning sight reading. Okay, so let's jump into this, and let me give you some really good actionable stuff. And by the way, I wrote up a PDF, as I do for every single one of these Digging Deeper uh, videos, and this is one you'll definitely want to have. They're all free. They're free. Send me an email. I'll send you the PDF. And it lists a couple uh, sort of general points for sight reading and some specific points for sight reading rhythm. And it's all easy enough, but if you don't have it in front of you, if it's not on your stand, if you're not thinking about it in every practice session, it's out the window and there you go. Okay. So yeah, write me in. I'm happy to send this to you. So now, most importantly, today we're talking about just rhythm. I'm not going to be talking about pitches or articulations or any of that stuff. Why? Because rhythm is more important than the notes. That is the first lesson you need to understand, is reading is about getting the rhythms first. That's important. I'm going to leave a pause there. I'm going to say it again and leave a pause to be dramatic. Uh, Sight reading is about rhythm. Okay, you got it. Um, So yes, that is the first thing to prioritize. I'm going to do another video down the road on Um, how to sight read, the the actual melodic part, the note values and everything else. But um, in the hierarchy of things, get the rhythm first. Why? Okay, Um, when I was playing with Incognito, uh, I played some wrong notes, but no one would ever know if I got the rhythm correct. If I nailed that rhythm, the fact that I was a third away or a second away or whatever, not the end of the world, and I bet nobody noticed Now, if I played the correct note in the wrong spot, and 13 people went bang, and I went oops, (laughs) that is what you call a mistake that every one of those 2,000 people in the theater heard. Okay, it's about rhythm. So that is the first thing. The next thing is, there's not an infinite number of rhythms. It's a small number. I haven't counted it up, but I tell you what, if you... Start, it's pattern recognition. So if you memorize, start memorizing little rhythmic shapes and play them over hundreds, thousands of times. And at some point when you see that thing, you'll hear that thing. So this is all about pattern recognition. The last thing I'll say is the biggest thing, one of the most important things is to look ahead. When you're driving your car, are you looking right at the edge of the hood, that bit of pavement right at the edge of your hood? No, that is how to uh, drive right into a building or off a cliff. When you're walking down the street, are you looking at the tips of your toes? Of course not. Your gaze is 10 feet or 50 feet ahead of you. So when you're sight reading, the measure you're playing You're already looking a measure or two ahead. The great sight readers might be looking three or four measures ahead. It sounds impossible, but you're playing a measure, but you've already memorized the next measure and the next measure, and you're looking at the fourth measure as you're playing this measure. That sounds insane, except for that's how you read, except for that's how you walk, except for that's how you drive your car or your bike. You're not thinking about the piece of pavement you're on. You looked at that 10 seconds ago, right? Isn't it incredible? So all the skills you use in everyday life are what we use here in music. So that's why I'm so convinced that the adult amateurs out there can get so much better than you, than you imagine because all these musical skills um, have a parallel in sort of everyday life away from our instruments. Okay, very good. So let's look at a couple of the sort of specific examples and then get into some rhythmic things to really start testing ourselves. One of the biggest things I can suggest is seeing if you can decide what the the rhythmic framework of the song is. So that's sort of my own language, but I think it makes plenty of sense. I've heard other people uh, refer to it. So now if we're thinking about a bebop song, now the bass... And the drums are playing quarter notes. Ding, 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 ding. So they're playing along like that. Um, but the motion of the song is sort of double that. It's eighth notes. Jazz is about eighth notes. ba 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 da 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 Right? So I might be tapping my foot in quarter notes but I'm subdividing eighth notes. So for much, much music that we listen to, a bossa nova, jazz, a rock tune, uh, a country tune, a lot of classical music, the matrix, the framework of what's going on is going to be eighth notes. You feel the quarter note pulse in 4-4, four, four, let's say, but then you're thinking eighth notes. Now, traditionally, we would subdivide. One, two, three, four, one, and two, and three, and four, and one, and two, and three, is sort of what's going on in my head. And I'm singing swing right now. Those were swing eighth notes. So now I was just watching a video with Dizzy Gillespie on YouTube the other day. Um, And and it was interesting. This was back in the late 60s, early 70s, I think. Uh, Dizzy Gillespie working with a European big band. The interesting thing is what Dizzy was telling them, he told me personally in 1984 when I got to work with him for a week in Canada working with a big band I was playing with and he was talking about this idea of having that subdivision in your body but he wasn't talking about sort of the classical way of thinking one and two and three and four he just kind of had in his mind he just kind of had this these syllables and that feel and that groove he had that going on in his body But the point is, he had those eighth notes. He was feeling them, he was singing them, he was moving to them, and he was also patting his foot. And he was very specific about how he liked to do that. So that idea of what's the subdivision. Now, when I was playing with incognito, most of the music was subdivided 16th notes. So the tempos may have been a little slower. One, two, three. Four, kataka to and two e three e four e kataka So I had to know subdividing sixteenth notes or eighth notes. So that's a really, really big one. So number four and five on the sheet are really, really important. We're sort of going to get into that. So one of the things to do is can you subdivide the measure? Do you remember like if you're a million years old like me or two million years old, um, following the bouncing ball, there used to be TV ads or sing-alongs where there'd be words and the ball would sort of bounce along on top and let you know where we were in the sing-along, you know, something silly like that. That's what your eye needs to do with measure one, I'm sorry, with beats one and three. So here's what I want you to do. Open a book, any book of any music, and count it off. This does not include your instrument. Your instrument is sitting in its case on the, in the other room. Count it off, and I want you to be able to go through, and can you f- identify beats one and three on beat one and three? So one, two, three, four, it's here. Now it's here. That's here and here. Here's beat one. Here's beat three. Here's beat one. Here's beat three. So you're forcing yourself to ignore a lot of information and just see what's important. Can you bisect the measure? Can you find beat one? I'll give you a hint. It's the first thing after the measure line, right? (laughs) Whatever the first thing is, whether it's a rest or a note, first thing in the measure is beat one. Just getting that is so important and i see in jazzwire you know people um get kind of balled up and and there there's a rest on beat one and they play something well so clearly they're not quite sure where beat one was they they're holding over from the previous measure or playing early they're not clear on where beat one was So having that pulse together right so that idea of going through and can you find beat one? That's the easy one. Now, can you find beat three? Beat three should be somewhat simple to find through the measure. And we don't have to go into the rules of music copying, but one of the rules of music copying is beat three has to always be on its own. There, there, there shouldn't be a note that's in the middle of the measure. We should be able to draw an invisible line between beat two and three, no matter how complicated the 16th notes or 32nd notes or triplets are, we should be able to easily find beat three. So that, is, that would be a fantastic thing to get from this video is to every day spend four minutes doing that. Beat one, beat three, beat one at any tempo. And can you just move your eye from one to three, identifying especially where beat three is. Okay, so let's look at some of the examples here. Item number one is something that I would call quarter note based reading. So when I look, you know, I don't know what those rhythms are yet. I haven't looked, but my eye goes across the whole line very quickly, like I look up, I'm driving on the highway, I look up and I see no cars in front of me. Got it. Okay, that's good. Or I look up and see, uh, wow, a lot of traffic coming. Good. Like I have a sense of what's coming up. So I look here and I see, wow, mostly half notes and quarter notes. Okay, so I know that the underlying pulse is sort of quarter notes. So can I be counting to myself? One, two, three, four, one, two. Can I have that pulse inside my body? I don't have to worry about 16th notes. I actually don't have to worry about 8th notes either, right? It's just quarter notes. So can we tap this out? Can we sing it? Can we play it with a note on our instrument? I've written it as a B. Doesn't have to be a B because we're not talking about notes. We're just talking about rhythms. So can we do that? Can we sing it together? Here we go. One, two, three, four. Dot, 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 dot. Okay. Now do it again. Rewind the video, whatever you want to do. Do it again and make your eye. Move from beat one to beat three. So in the first measure, your eye lands on that half note. Now, where is beat three? You could count forward and go and you know, you could do the calculations. Oh, a half note is two beats. So I guess anything that follows a half note has to be beat three. If the half note's on beat one, whether it was a 30-second note or the craziest rhythm on earth, it doesn't matter. It has to start on beat three because a whole note, or sorry, a half note preceded it. So that's very interesting. So you don't have to freak out about where that scary looking rhythm begins. It's on beat three. Let's move on to the next item. Item number two. You look ahead. You're not even looking at the specific rhythms, but you're looking ahead to what's going on here. Eighth notes. Now, the first thing I may do is look through and try to find beat one and beat three in each measure. And even if I screw up beat two, I know what's going on with beat three. I can jump there. My eye is moving from beat one to beat three. Let's give it a try. Here we go. One, two, three, four. Da, 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 da. Okay. Not award-winning singing. I know that. I know that. But I think I got the rhythms right. And now I was doing that with straight eighth notes. You may have noticed that that, that that I wasn't doing that as if it were swing, but we could do it with swing as well. Now, um, I'm going to put up on the screen uh, a little uh, bit of the music that I played with incognito. And here's one of the best tips I got at North Texas. I don't know how many tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars I paid for tuition at North Texas for six years. But it all gets down to this one thing. So I'm going to save you about $150,000 right now. Here we go. Sight reading. When there's a really scary, tricky rhythm, what I do is get out a pencil and put a vertical line through each of the four beats, especially when it's 16th notes, through each of the four beats in a measure of 4-4. So you can see on the screen this measure that, uh, you know, was a little creepy looking to me. And now... You know, I figured it out quickly and was able to play it. But here's the thing. That was one measure out of 85 or 90 pages. Oh, by the way, you're on stage. It's dark half the time. The lights are flashing and everything else. So I wanted to make sure I didn't screw that up when that rhythm came up in the middle of nowhere. So you can see those faint lines. And that let me know, where Where is beat three? Am I playing on beat three or is it a rest on beat three? Where is beat four? Because with those complicated 16th note rhythms, uh, it gets trickier and trickier. But again, it's just pattern recognition. I know I know those patterns there. Like, like I've seen a lot of those 16th note patterns. So, you know, for some of us, it looks scary. For some of us, it's like eh, not that big a deal. But where that measure fell and everything that came before it Um, I may have been a little bit sort of on my heels. So I wanted to make sure I wasn't, uh, you know, sort of playing catch up. And then I got to that measure and now I screw it up. Those little lines help me know where things are. That may be the biggest tip on the video. So this is the kind of stuff to be thinking about. So there were some uh, general ideas about sight reading. And the biggest general one is rhythm first. I could have written this with scales or, yeah, I could have made it more interesting melodically. No, don't do that. Rhythm first. You're only looking at the rhythms to begin with. And in an upcoming video, we're going to talk about what to do melodically and some tricks to get through. So of these eight or ten ideas that I gave you uh, for how to get through this sight reading stuff, Uh, pick one or two, maybe three of them, and start working on it. And here's the thing. I guarantee, if you do this two or three minutes a day, that's two or three minutes more than perhaps you've ever done in your life. And it's actually amazing what doing 10 push-ups or 10 sit-ups a day becomes. And after a while, instead of two minutes, you do it for four minutes. And like after a while... you are kind of getting somewhere with this stuff. And with these little tricks, you're not going to spin your wheels and make the same mistakes over and over and over again. And of course, you know, the biggest thing I can say is getting help with this stuff, right? Getting feedback. So that's what we do all day long at jazzwire.net. I know you hear me talk about Jazzwire. So that is the place where we can work on this daily, where you can get feedback daily. If you're not sure, God, those 16ths are so hard. I don't know if I got it right. Well, the people at Jazzwire have the luxury of checking in hourly let alone daily so yeah that's a big possibility and um last thing i want to say is i have some in-person workshops coming up if you go to jazzwire.net slash events you can sign up for one of these four events in uh december i'm going to be in toronto and waterloo both in ontario canada and in january of 2020 i'm going to be in uh san diego and then pomona which is near los angeles in january And there's only 15 or 20 spots. I think it's a max of 20 spots for each workshop. So they're going to get sold out. So definitely, if you're in that area, I would love to work with you in person and go over some of this material with you, like, you know, together. That would be fantastic stuff. Also, in August of 2020, I'm going to be coming to Germany, starting to put together a tour. It's looking like the UK, Germany, uh, Belgium, the Netherlands are all places we're looking at. So um, I would love to come and work with you. So be in touch, send us an email and register, save your spot for those four events coming up. Thank you so much. Let's get this site reading together, get your reading together. And uh, music is so much more fun when you are comfortable with this stuff. Give it a try. Let me know how it goes for you.